It's December 16th, 2017, and I'm too easy for RTZ. I'm Colin Detmar. Wow. And I'm Nick, and this is Bottle Co. Reborn, a Dota 2 electronic magazine, where we talk about Dota 2 on electronic magazine. Nick, what do you have for us in the vertical this week? How many inches you got in column space? It, how many it's inches do I have? It's a letter to the editor. In column space. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to go with our right justified style. Uh, we're dropping the old MLA. Sh- Nobody, this is this is you hot garbage. You can't listen. Can't, you can't talk about talk MLA. Have we ML- talked about how you, you can't, can't should talk you MLA? should talk MLA? But I and, get and, to. and your father has created parts of the MLA supposedly. He's the he's, secret evil mastermind. He's, he's involved in the process. Like let's, let's let's not put it on his shoulders. But okay. he's you know he's part of the organization. He had some feedback. But like. You have insider yeah. info. I do. We're going um, to lay this out very nicely. Have, we'll have a good spread today, right? Do you have a good spread for me? Nick's spread is what you do with food. No, no, no. Pretty sure yeah, it's, it's a magazine term. Yeah, and like little meats and sure, crackers and stuff. Sure it's a magazine term. Nick, they have meats and cheeses at magazines. That's Mag- all they're talking about. Meat and cheese magazine. The first this result is nothing. Is Why am I doing Figgies. this right now? Gift baskets and food gifts. Unique and gourmet edible gifts by Figgies. Figgies? You'd think after last week, I'd learned my lesson about terrible podcast content that I had to edit for a million I'm years. I'm really trying to get you uh, to rain, rain it in. I want, last I want week you to was... teach a man to rain and... Mm, no. It was the worst episode of Bottle Crow we've ever recorded. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Colin had the idea, like, because I've been busy. Also, hey, I'm on the other side of a quarter of school, so I'm I'm currently chill, relaxing now. I've been playing plenty plenty of video games to relax. However, the previous episode, I was in the shit. I was real up up to my my waist in the shit. And so Colin's like, oh, Nick, you don't have to do anything. I know we don't have notes, but let's record, and we'll just live create a hero. And in my mind, you know, the alarm bells went off like, hmm, this seems like a bad idea. It seems like there's going to be a lot That's of That's super space. not what you said, though. Nope. I'm like, well, okay. If Colin thinks so. I mean, if I said it and I was Colin, I'd be like, fuck, fuck no. I don't want to spend eight hours editing this podcast. But oh, it was you. so much time. I did it, though. You did it. <laughs> I, was, I, I shaved off half an hour of that podcast, ladies and gentlemen, in tiny bits and pieces here and there. It took forever. You can <laughs> polish still a wasn't turd. Good. <laughs> and that's what Bottle Code Bonus. Nice. Yep. <sighs> Nick, how was your week of Dota 2? My, my week or two of Dota 2 has, has been pretty good. Um, I started, we're starting, we don't know what tournament we're in. We're starting to play in another stack, me. Uh, the royal we, I guess, as I suppose. Me, and then also host of is Jesse. Jesse's returned, so I started playing yeah. with him, and he's like, what the fuck is this? Because he's been away for months and months and months. So that's been fun. So now we have a new five, like, six-ish people we stack with, and we're looking for a tournament. And oh, it's it's been rough, <laughs> kind of. Like, everybody getting used to playing together and as a five-stack just in general again. We've had some, some friction where, like, you know, we got to get our shit together whenever we have bad things going on. There was, what was it, I think three days ago or something, played like a, four games that were just like terrible. They were just really shit. And I got the most tilted I've ever been, me and another one of our friends who I was playing with. 
who I've never seen tilt before, he like started getting angry and got tilty. And so then we all like were were angry at each other and like we're we're not you know we shouldn't take it out on each other when we're just tilted. So it's been it's been I, tumultuous. It's been fun. Hmm. Is there is there a way without like outing anyone? I, I'm super curious who this is. He changes his name the most often, probably. Wait, him? I believe, yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Our probably right. highest MMR friend, yeah. It was, we huh. had, so, oh my God. So He's uh, so good-natured. So, yeah, he's, like, yeah, he's a great guy. I'm like, holy shit, if this guy's getting tilted, I have, then I have, like, the right to tilt because I, I didn't have good mid lanes either. Those games I played. One of the games we played with, I've, over the past week, listen, I've, I've met some characters, okay? I've been on a journey. One of the games we played with where we, we both got tilted was a guy who went Night Stalker mid. He, like, first picked or, you know, put his little icon thing on mid. And then he, he picks Night Stalker. And he goes first item Perseverance into first item Battle Fury. But because he was a mid Night Stalker, I don't even remember who he was against. It wasn't very good. Like, there's no good matchup in there, I'm pretty sure. He got this Battle Fury at 35 minutes, I think. And I think our friend took carry roll, and maybe I was playing support, something like that. And, uh, yeah, like, the guy was talking and everything. We're like, uh, yo, dude, what, what are you buying? I see you have a Perseverance. You have, like, phase Perseverance. Like, oh, I'm getting a Battle Fury, dude. I want to farm. I need to get some farm. This was at 35 minutes when we had been sitting inside our base for 10 minutes. Like, yeah, man, I got to get some farm. And we looked up his Dota buff afterwards, and I think Nightstalker is his most played, and he always goes Battle Fury. It mm, mm, wasn't great. It wasn't excellent. Mm. However, later on, more recently, I think it was... I think Jesse might have been with us at this point. It was three of us. And then we met this two-stack. It had a Pudge and a PA. Uh, the Pudge, he was just... He was just having a great time. He was going in. We were fighting. It was good. Uh, the guys played like 1,400 games total, and 900 of them were Pudge. So, yeah. And then we played another game with him afterwards. We like stacked up with him. It was nice. It was interesting. Yeah. Encountered some spammers. I got to play a pretty interesting... I didn't play a lot of Dota, um, but I did get to play a pretty interesting game uh, with you, but not with you, hmm. actually. We, uh, I got on to play, we played a, a solo, Q, or a party queue game, and then after that, um, we were getting ready to, I don't know, I don't know, were we going to queue up for another? I don't know, but someone said, like, someone why don't we like do an in-house? And it's like, oh, okay, can we, can we group together? Can we get enough people? And we sort of scrambled, and we did, we had to grab a couple of people that I personally didn't know, um, but we did have a full 5v5, um, and... I was not on the same team as you, which is like... You don't get that perspective very much. I don't. And we just sort of hit shuffle a bunch, right? Mm -hmm. But like, okay, so... So I played Coddle. Like one of the... Okay, here's one of the... Here's one of the things that like... I, I don't... I shouldn't be this person, right? This isn't good. But like the... um, The random guy who was brought in just it was captain's mode of course because this is in house and he just immediately picked captain and i didn't say anything but i kind of bristled at that right because it's like well i know 
I know myself and two of the other players here, so I know what they like, and among us, I would be the captain. It just—it seemed like I was like there wasn't any, even any discussion about it. If he was like, I'd really, I really think I'm a good pick for captain. It's like, okay, cool. But he just kind of went with it, and I don't think he knew anyone, and that was a strange choice. Yeah, that's that doesn't seem great. Um, and then you know, in game, he didn't do anything captainy. I kind of did. Um, which you know, it's at. Just because you said you're going to draft doesn't mean you're going to be the shot caller. I understand. I'm not putting that burden on him necessarily. It was just an interesting choice. Um, and then, so, I don't know. I played Coddle, and I was kind of focused on doing coddly things, and that went pretty well. I don't, like, okay, I, I guess I'm more interested in your perspective, because my perspective was mostly observing the people around you fucking up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was observing your Romer being kind of useless. And, Who was and... I? Was I Shadowfiend? Viper? You were not... Hmm. I was the no. mid, I believe. Wait, were we on the same team? Because now I'm thinking about it. We were up against, we were up against Josh, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were on, we the, were same on the same team. team. Okay. Okay. Well, oh then this is well, less interesting. This is good. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Memory is great. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of a different in-house where you played Medusa a long time ago. Yes. Um. Well, okay. That's 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 too bad. That's less interesting <laughs> than us us battling each other. Um. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 obnoxious because I understand why, obviously, but these games don't show up in Dota buff. So. Yeah. There's not really any way to check the log. Um, and it was just interesting to me because it was a bunch of players that I knew sort of mixed up, and then some that I didn't. There were some X factors. But it made me think about synergy between players rather than, like, characters and, like, some of it, you know, whole less than some of its parts and stuff. Like, mm. on paper looking at the people on their team, I felt like that should have been a really close game, and it wasn't. It was close for a bit, yeah. and then we just kind of took over that game. Yeah. I don't know, like... I'm trying to remember the game more, but I can't. I've been I've been spamming too much Dota. Yeah, and I can't pull up the the Dota buff, so I can't refresh your memory that much. We were up against a a Viper. Um, you were playing offlane Underlord, maybe. Does that hmm. sound right? Yes, actually. Oh, was uh was Jack on our team? Mm-hmm. Okay, it was offlane, but it was in in the safe lane. We just immediately saw they were doing a trial right, lane and right, did the rotation. They, yes, yes, it, and it was great. It worked out really well. Yeah, actually, Jack was doing a lot of the shot calling, which makes sense, because we shouldn't be saying his name. I'm sorry. Um, well, here we are, I guess. We've already said it, and I'm not going to like bleep it out or anything. There are lots of Jacks in the world. Anyway, our friend Jack was uh, was our, our safe laner, and who, who, our, our safe laner in the offlane, yes. and was also doing a lot of the shot calling because he's way higher MMR than the rest of us, and so mm-hmm. it's sort of natural we're going to follow his lead. But, um, hmm. Well, this bit got... I'm going to have to edit this down because the yeah. whole part where I mis- <laughs> misremembered which game this was really makes it way less impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, have fun, Colin, in the future. Yeah. 
Oh, and then you know. I, I played one more game of interest. I forgot about this. And oh, this, this would be a great segue. Just like Beyond the Summit 8 is playing games at the same time as we were. There was an update that we had recently. It was the, Fro- the Frosters update, which we'll talk about. But there's also some changes to things in game, I believe. And one of them broke Viper so that he couldn't use his Q no matter what. I updated the game. I think we were in a five stack. And then I played Viper. And I couldn't use my Q. <laughs> I think the same thing happened in a Summit game. They're like, oh, well, they, hmm, nope. Custom error shows up on screen, and nothing happens when you try to Q or you try to autocast or anything. So that was, that was fun. We won the game somehow because we were just better, I guess. I did not contribute very much. Oh. I went Magic Damage Viper for the first time ever because of that. Did you, did, has that been patched? Yes. Yeah, it was patched in okay. like an hour or two. Okay. Yes, you, can, you haven't been without Viper Q for days, correct? Yeah, I, I hadn't heard about any of that. This is all news to me, so yeah. weird. But yeah, oh. so BTS 8 is going on, the Summit 8, which mm-hmm. oh, the Summit is always, uh, it's the best time of year, right? It's the holiday spirit. The holiday is the Summit. You always get great quality meme content. You get to see... You know, people at the house just chilling, just pro players chilling together. It's it's good stuff. Hot take? Minus mode was better. This is good. Pro- yeah, in but in the Mimi content way, yes. What other, I don't understand, what other content is there? I mean, you have like, you just have the players around more. You see the players around more, around each other more. To, 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 to make memes, yeah. No, I got you. No, I mean like I, Team OG. They casted like a series. I can't remember what it was right. now, but they have teams right. who come in and will cast and stuff if they want to. I don't understand your point. And they they didn't just make memes. <laughs> they, hmm. I believe you're stuck in a little meme loop here. Yes, they casted a video game, a best of three series of Dota two between two teams. Oh, a video. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Please continue. Who is on the podcast right now? <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just been fun to see. You know, you have all the... You've got the two couches and you got the Dota celebrities who come and stuff. It's fun to see. Mm-hmm. If Midas Mode yeah. can incorporate that, if they could get a house and make that happen, that would be... Mm, I'm making the, the okay, like, French chef. What if... Right what, what if Beyond the Summit and Moonduck could make up their differences... And create a Midas Summit, which is held at the Beyond the Summit house, but Reginald's there, and there's bidding. Reginald? What if they held Beyond the Summit at an actual summit? There you go. Food for thought. That sounds hellish. I'll be looking forward to the check. <laughs> it's like, like uh, okay, so your, your match is starting a week, so come down here to the base camp, and we'll give you some oxygen tanks. We'll get you acclimated mm-hmm. to the... To the higher high pressure or lower pressure? Uh, how did the higher how does, pressure? The higher how pressure. How does altitude works? The higher pressure. There's something about the air. I don't know. When you go up, the air gets heavier. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like you know, and that's why I like going to the beach and stuff because I'll just dive down into the ocean, and then as I get deeper, the water gets lighter, and so I can just you know that and water and air aren't exactly the they same. They are both right? fluids. Like, I understand that there's the same principle, but this is not like a one to one here. I, I suppose, but 
I mean, I'd go, be like, go I'm play, being unfairly targeted. <laughs> well, I misspoke, and uh, I'm sorry. And it will happen again. I'm and sure it will absolutely happen again. Yes. Listen, I know myself. To thine own self be true. I want to talk about the MMR update. Because I think it's bad, actually. And it could become good. But right now it's bad. Um, yeah, I've come around on this even more, I think. And it seems... It seems kind of bad. Like, even the pro, the pro players have been complaining about it a bunch, too. Just, like, the quality of matchmaking-wise. And this is the other end. You know, we talked about this when they were talking about the long queue times. It's the other end of the spectrum. Like, you can get quick games, but you'll have, you know, shit MMR distribution, shit skill variants within the actual teams and between the teams. Mm-hmm. And that seems like it's been happening a lot for them, and that's unfortunate. But also, at the same time, I don't... Maybe I'm, I'm probably being matched correctly. I, I've played now eight of my solo queue calibration games, and it's been okay. Like, I've always been around Legend 2 to, like, 4 and where I've been placed and stuff. I think I'm Legend 2 at this point because they started to show the badges before they show the calibration, I guess. I don't know. It. I won't talk about it much because it probably won't be a problem when everyone just plays their 10 games. But it seems it seems a little wonky, and everything has been bugged. So there's been demotions that appear like temporarily, or like everybody will appear uncalibrated or just randomly be Archon or a Garbage Crusader. Hey, Garbage Crusader! But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of everything bugged. And so then Valve is working on stuff on the back end. They had one employee, I think, on Reddit say like, "Oh, we fixed something on the back end, and we're updating our databases and stuff like that." So you'll see things shift. And then there's the like the first few calibration games I played. It doesn't matter now because I show up as legend. But I was showing as Crusader Five because that's where I calibrated for party. I was you know a wonderful Crusader guy, and I was in a match with nine other legends, and it didn't really work out well because like I like playing mid or carry. They're like, oh fuck, we're not letting, like guys. Don't let this Crusader play mid. They would like you know type that and be like, what the fuck? Why are we match with a Crusader? I'm like, guys, guys, I just haven't calibrated yet. Chill. They're like, no, it shows Crusader. That's, you know, that's party queue, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so it's been messy as shit, at the very least. Like, And it's hard to talk about, you know, the quality of matchmaking otherwise, because you don't have data, but there's been a lot of people complaining. Yeah, and like, I, I don't know, like the matchmaking stuff, I feel like a lot of that will get ironed out. That's kind of just the speed bumps of switching systems, and it'll, it'll be okay, probably. I guess, I but it know. has to occur every six months. Yeah, and that could be a real problem. But the other thing, like, so, well, in the old system, we got to a point, like, obviously at one point this was not the case, but for a long time it's been that the highest MMR on your team is shown, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, like, at first I thought that was helpful because people would be people would be like, like, I want to go mid, and be, the other person would be like, I want to go mid, and it's like, well, you're the highest MMR on the team, I guess you should go mid, Right. And that, but then, like, kind that of. stopped happening, and pretty much people just did whatever after a bit. I mean, the um, thing is, if matchmaking is doing its job correctly, people are going to be within, like, 50 MMR of each other. That's And that's what always that's, ended up happening. So it meant nothing that to show That's not true, though. Like, what? that's that can't... Uh, that happens sometimes? Okay, that happens sometimes? In solo queue. 
That happens sometimes to me, but often there was a discrepancy of up to 200 MMR. Um, Even that. That means so And that's little. not huge. That's not huge. But yeah, it is It is a situation where it's like, I mean, the difference isn't so big that we can't, you know, afford to whatever. Um, but the thing is, even with like, like, you know, I mean, that would happen with, uh, with party, right? If you played party and stuff would, you know, you'd have bigger discrepancies, but you didn't know that. I mean, like you knew because there was the average MMR, but you weren't going to point fingers, right? Mm-hmm. And I am not community blaming here. Because, and that the way you know is because I'm about to admit that I super did it. I super did it. We were playing a group game, and I picked Dazzle. And then the other team insta-locked an axe. And I looked at the axe, and I said, he's a Crusader 1. He's a little bitch. He's not going to do anything. <laughs> and, like, that's shitty. That was like kind of toxic of me. No, we fucking crushed him. Yeah. I was absolutely right. But that was a really shitty attitude from it. Being like, being like if I was like... It's a Crusader what? one. We can probably handle it. I wasn't like that. I was kind of a dick about it. No, that I see nothing wrong with it. You did it. It's just like you're not saying like, oh, this human being playing the video game. What a, what a little bitch. What a what a dick. You're just like ah, oh, this guy. You know, he's below me. He's below us guys. We can fuck him up. Yeah, that's fine. Just being energetic. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think it leads to, like, I don't know. As as a person who, like, listen, I'm not going to pretend that my MMR, like, I'm, I'm Archon 1 now, right? I'm not properly calibrated. I'm, like, semi-calibrated. I don't know how the fuck yeah. this system works. Because um, I haven't had enough matches to calibrate either. I've had one uh, solo game, and I think I've had, like, five uh, yeah. party games um, that are ranked. So I am... Somehow I have Archon 1, and that's about right. That's pretty much what my old solo MMR was, was would be Archon 1, occasionally Archon 2. Um, And, I don't know, like... That's not, like, I feel like I can hang in games that are higher than that, right? Mm -hmm. I could probably hang in a Legend Zero game. Uh, I don't think I would be the best player there. You'd but, be fine up to. You'd be exactly fine at my MMR, like the Legend two to four, whatever it is. Yeah, it's like I mean, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the star player, but I could keep up, right? I mean, because as a support, with supports, you're like right? Because as a support, it sort of feels a little differently, right? Mm-hmm. So then I can't really turn around and go, well, this person's uh, a crusader. Obviously, they're not worth my time because I am living proof that the MMR system is pretty imperfect and doesn't really measure people's skill a lot of the time. Sure, sure. Well, I think that's just, that's always been the case, because some people will show the MMR in the profile and stuff like that. So you mean like, ah, oh, this guy's 2K, and we're, you know, stacked with our 4K friend or whatever. Be like, okay, we sure. can target this guy. You're more likely but, to be correct. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't used to do that. Like, I wouldn't, no. like, I, I would look at people's profiles now and then, and like, if I saw someone, like, I was like, oh, this guy's like 5K, like, what the fuck? We're in trouble. I would do that sometimes, but I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be like, oh, this guy's, you know, 1.8, let's get him. I never did that before. No. And this new system makes me do it. And, well, okay, makes me. In this new system, I do it. Let's not, hmm, let's not place all the blame on the system. But the psychology for me has shifted, and it makes me uncomfortable to think about that. Huh. Oh, that. That's interesting. Yeah, nothing has changed with me. 
I would always just look. <laughs> You're always a bit of toxic. <laughs> it's just smart. Like if you see a weak link and if it's right, like the thing is, it's no, not sure. always right to target them. You can base your expectations of what they will do on that though. Like if their dazzle is 1k versus 5k, then I know that, hey, I can probably just like, if I'm Lena and then some guy's sitting at like 500 HP, then I'll just ult him, even if Dazzle's right there, because I assume that Dazzle doesn't have the foresight to know to grave or, you know, do something to save their teammate. Mm-hmm. And that'll be more, you know, more often than not, that'll be right. Stuff like that, if they're lower. That's true. That's true. And I guess it's also more the other easy, thing. though, because it shows everybody and you don't have to mount, mm-hmm. mouse over. It does make it easier. So I could see it having some effect. Sure. Well, and I think also the other part is. Um, like when you, I don't know if I would do this. Like again, my sample size is pretty small. I don't know if I was up against someone and I was just like, "Oh, there's their offlaner and their yeah, cru- Crusader Zero. I don't know if I'd be like fucking new blitz wreck them. <laughs> I mean, I might, I might be like, you know, I bet they can't keep up. Let's target them. Mm-hmm. But when you slam pick a counter pick to me, and specifically a counter pick that I am used to not actually <laughs> countering me because I'm better at dazzle than people think it makes me a little whatever i guess no that's that's great that's just having fun with the game like uh, because you you know they're thinking oh this dumbass just picked dazzle first i'm gonna pick axe and i'm gonna show him what for and you know what you've got in the bag and then plus he's crusader like ah oh, garbage crusader let's get him come at me challenge me. okay fight yeah. me i just fight me. i don't I don't know how many times I have had people like I I first or second pick Dazzle and they slam pick Axe <laughs> and then I kill them three times in the first five minutes. <laughs> like, no, you don't know how this matchup works. You're good against Grave. Let me tell you the rest of my shit wrecks yeah, you. <laughs> about the new Poison Touch. Oh, God. New Poison Touch is wonderful. Infinite, oh, I like infinite it touch. All the touch. It's touching. <sighs> so... Okay, let's. Uh, we have we have a fair bit of of Dota news, but actually, I don't think like a lot of this stuff is is stuff we can hit on pretty quickly. Um, the Hellraisers has disbanded. Um, they were not getting a ton of results. They were they were thoroughly you know like tier two, tier three. Yeah, and uh, I think it, it makes sense that they're not. It's about that time of year, you know. Mid or feed mm-hmm. last week we talked about. I think they're they haven't been getting results, so they fell apart. It's you know, it's about that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's time to, it's time to rethink some things, and it makes sense that they are. So okay. I wish we wish them the best. Um, there's a new team forming, Team Canada. I, is I don't think that's the official name. Uh, is if it? I go to, it's for WESG, and the t- team shows up as O Can, O C A N. Oh, so like O Canada. O, o Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> no one knows the rest of the lyrics. Uh, my country. My home. But yeah, it'll probably mix with yeah. yeah. Well, you know but what? It's, it's Arteezy mm. Moon, AUI, Fly, and 1437. Rose. It's, it's an intro. They've got like Febby as a reserve and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting lineup. I am curious. Um... Does this mean that they're on two teams at once? Because I don't think Arteezy's left EG, right? I, no, not yet. No. I'm, confu- I'm 
I saw this before. Like, I didn't put it on our notes. You ended up doing it because I have no idea what it means. I guess yeah. they're just, you know, it's like an all-stars thing or like uh, the Pro Bowl that we have in the NFL, stuff like that in the U.S., where it's just like, mm-hmm. hey, people from random teams look at together. You know, they represent a different thing. And so in this case, you know, they're repping their homes. It's like the Olympics versus, you know, professional sports. Okay, so I'm looking at I'm looking a little more at the uh, uh, WESG, which I had not sufficiently done my research on, um, and it seems like the teams are formed based on countries, right? Okay. So this is just like so. It's, there's Team Canada, there's Team Peru, there's Team Chile. So it only makes sense that they had to be like, okay, let's get some Canadians together. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But that is that is that's cool. I want to see those guys play together. I want to see what happens. Yeah. Um. I kind of want to just transition into the meat of the show, and we'll come back for some other things. Drama, sure. Yeah, um, little breaths of fresh air, breaths of the wild at the end. So uh, an article came out this week um, by uh, Will Parton on uh, Waypoint, which is a video games journalism and criticism site that I am actually quite partial to. Uh, Will Parton is a contractor, or not a contractor, a freelancer is how you would phrase that. Contractor is not inaccurate, but that's really weird language. That is the opposite of what he is. <laughs> um, and he writes, uh, he's, a, he's a PhD researcher at UNC, and he also writes for Rolling Stone and Vice and The Atlantic and stuff. Um, I transition here partially because uh, he wrote an article right before uh, The International, about Arteezy. It was a profile piece on Arteezy. Um, that was in and this uh, is sort Rolling of... Stone, right? Yep. Yes. Rolling Stone. Um, and it was an interesting article. And it for me, like, so I, I looked this up after reading the article that we're going to talk about in a moment um, on Waypoint. This is the, But the Rolling Stone article I looked up being like, okay, what else has this guy done? What's this guy's sort of, like, credentials as, a, as an esports journalist, right? Mm-hmm. And this article is interesting because to me it feels like it paints a picture of this guy as someone who's on the edge of being of between insider and outsider to me, right? Hmm. Like this article suggests a lot of a lot of like knowledge, like he's paid a lot of attention to the Dota 2 scene, right? But he also talks about some stuff that kind of rings weird to me. Like, he talks about, like, okay, there's a point where um, he talks about how one of the things that makes Arteezy so special is that unlike most Dota players, he doesn't just like, uh, you know, winning and, and getting better at the game. He also just likes the process of learning and experimenting and trying new things. And I'm like, my dude, that is Dota players. That's what all of us do. Um, that's not like a weird novel thing that Arteezy does. Well, that's, ha- you know? that's what you have to do to win. Yeah, like, there's yeah, no and I mean, like, yeah, normally. And if, it, this, this, like, this, this profile piece paints Arteezy as like the one great innovator of Dota that everyone's <laughs> chasing after, which like ignores people, ignores like ignores incredible strategies come up by people like Puppy, like like Bone Seven, like you know these incredible players, EE, like. S4, people who invented ways of playing the game, and Arteezy is absolutely one of those people, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, acting like Arteezy is this, like, 
driving force for the community that everyone's just chasing after feels really misinformed. Hmm. Um, and it's weird because the rest of the article, it feels really knowledgeable, but it feels like he has a really incomplete picture of the scene to me. So let me just read the last paragraph on this Dota 2 RTZ profile. Then. Uh, maybe now RTZ is one step closer to winning forever, but Dota 2 is as fickle as any mistress, and the best you can do is play until it's flattened into a familiar drone in which you might isolate what makes you lose and hope that fortune smiles upon the results. I can't tell you if RTZ will write an epilogue to this piece by winning the international, but if he does, now more than ever, he won't do it alone. What? That so that's that's well, it's specifically in reference to the rest of the article where he's talking about Arteezy slowly working his way out of a one v five mindset. Um, uh, where Arteezy, as a person who plays like this part, he got right. Like Arteezy plays more pubs than most pros, right? He plays yeah. a ton of pubs, and as such, he has built an attitude of one v five and focusing on his play and what he did wrong, and not attributing as much to the team for better and for worse. And how he's sort of trying to work himself out of that mindset. I see. Okay. So that's that's the whole, he won't do it alone, and and you know that sort yeah, of thing. Um. Yeah. It's a it's a reasonable conclusion. Um. And it is. It does kind of touch on a different theory. Um. You know. You you know my theory of RTZ never bringing home the gold at the international is because he like in late game scenarios with the pressure on he chokes um the theory that that um will parton puts forward here is just that he is is like his his tactics and his strategies are kind of egocentric mm-hmm. and so like when the pressure is really on and teams are clashing with ideas he isn't able to to bend to someone else's strategy and keeps trying to insist on his way and screws things up yeah that's um good. that's interesting it is. Let's bring this forward to the Waypoint article, which is titled "A Dota Two Match Fix Max Who A Dota Two Match Fixer's Plea Shows What's Really Rotten in Dota Esports." Hey, Colin, stop for a sec. Try to reconnect because you've been a robot for the past five minutes. <laughs> Will do. Say some words. Hello? Hello, I am saying some words. Hmm, you are such a robot. Very interesting. You're you're very uh, intelligible. I believe. Yeah, your audio you quality. Your audio quality hasn't been great this whole time for me either. I wonder if it's Discord. I wonder but... if it is. We'll see. Okay, sorry. Test, I'm test, testing, testing. Yeah, not really any better. Oh well. Nope. I I am, you know, intelligible, so I guess we'll keep going. Yep. So this article is essentially about the uh, former Dota 2 pro Smash, who is a Peruvian player who played on Elite Wolves. Um, and for those who don't recall, Elite Wolves was a team that was found uh, guilty of match fixing and it was given a li- all their players were given a lifetime ban from Valve events, which, yeah, basically makes you unable to play professional Dota 2. Yeah. Um, and the article is about how the community has just kind of shut, like, shut these players out 
but the bigger picture is more complicated because of the economic factors involved basically right yeah this was it's kind of in response to hey reddit six days ago smash posted a like big long letter about you know the situation and stuff and so this this is referencing that a lot Mm -hmm. and basically the the argument made in the article and also in the letter um is that the match fixing was was kind of their hand was forced basically because they were receiving such uh, poor wages and poor other you know like poor treatment in general mm-hmm. in Peruvian Dota, and kind of in order to make ends meet, they didn't have a lot of options, and they ended up resorting to match fixing to you know per, to fulfill basic necessities as they put it right. Mm-hmm. Like a sal- they were on a salary of ninety dollars a month, which you know again it's it's Peru ninety dollars goes further there than it does here, but that's still trash. Yeah. Um. I don't know, and so the 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 article goes on to claim that there's a lot of of social inequality in the Dota two scene for for these these like especially these growing countries with unstable internet and bad wages and a lot of, like, not a lot of regulation over abuse of teams and players. Um, and Valve's free market approach to Dota 2 is not working. Yeah. Well, we'll see how our opinions differ here. It's um, it's not that it's not a newsworthy thing. Like, it's, you know, interesting to talk about that kind of thing. But the this article seems to me, it comes off after reading it as... Just some guy railing against global capitalism. It seems like a very like uh, politically socialist like rant. In Dota Two is the particular subject. And you know, I'm not trying to you know pass judgment either way on that. But this is definitely to me what it is, and it, it comes so, off badly to me. So I am trying to under. So are you saying that like? He's not wrong, but this doesn't seem like a Dota problem so much as a world economy problem, is what you're saying? No, it. I think that's what... I think he's applying, like, you know, because there's the stance, you know, many people have, like, they want things to be... Far, hmm, how much is it? It seems like this guy, he's, like, you know, a very socialist guy. Like, he's very socialist politically. And then he's really over applying his ideals to this situation and because he's a little bit of an outsider like that he doesn't seem to quite get it and so it comes off as him being really out of touch with what he's talking about he talks about how so here's you know, the last paragraph of this valve could help address this he's talking about the, the inequality in the scene by looking honestly at the ways the system fails the disadvantaged instead one of the most profitable companies in the world hands down draconian and capricious punishments against some of its poorest players to applause from a community that often doesn't understand the choices and pressures of poverty but has heard a little about it and thinks smash should have just gripped his bootstraps a little tighter to me that comes off as so out of touch with the Dota scene. In what way? Calling calling this punishment draconian and capricious. I mean, I think that you can argue semantics about like, oh, should they really have a lifetime ban from all Valve events? Should it be a year, two years, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, you, you fixed a match, like kind of fine with you getting a lifetime ban 
Yeah, that, that's fine. Like, and he talks about a lot about like, oh, you know, these proofing players, they're in these, you know, not great conditions. Elite Wolves didn't give them a lot of support. A lot of them didn't even have food for money. He just talked about, you know, they would just eat cereal whenever they could. And like, yeah, that certainly sucks. But this is like, especially as a new quote unquote industry or quote unquote career, you know, and it's, it's a very unstable type of thing. And there is obviously inequality in that. It's just the same thing with, uh, you know, paid versus unpaid internships, right? Unpaid internships is a very unstable thing. You have to have enough resources and, you know, support behind you in order to be able to take that opportunity because it's an opportunity cost versus paid internships, which, you know, people can still make money to eat even if they don't have, um, you know, things backing them up. They don't have a rich family, whatever. You can talk about it that way. And he's he's right in that way. Like, that's how the esports scene basically works. I mean, it's a video game, right? This isn't even a thing people make money on a lot of the time. The vast majority of the time, it's just a game. It's just, like, stress relief, entertainment, etc. And so treating it as this, like, oh, this this is this industry that has this built-in inequality, to even call it, like, an industry, it's not wrong. Like, obviously, there's tons of money in this scene right now, but to be a professional player... It's very hard on its own, and it seems weird. I don't necessarily think it's wrong to like highlight inequality like this. I think in this specific instance, where some Peruvian players fixed a match for money, obviously, you know, that's why you fix matches. Uh, and just because they were desperate and in this horrible situation, I don't think it's right to say like, "Oh, look at this." You know, Valve is being this overlord, and they're handing out this draconian punishment because they want to appease Reddit. And Reddit doesn't care or think about poor people. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, they fixed a match. What do you, what is Valve supposed to do? I think it's a reasonable response. They could have other responses. I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, this is exactly what they should have done. But I, I think he's he's driving too hard of a point, and he just kind of overshoots and sounds weird to me. Hmm. I went back and forth, like as you were talking, I was kind of like, yeah, hmm, eh, hmm. I mean, he's got a point. Like, obviously, you know, in this industry, there's going to be inequality like that. And you can talk about it and you write about it and you can try to do things to make it better. However, you can't have like professional gamer welfare. Like, you can't say, like, oh, you, you declare yourself as a professional video game player. We will support you with X amount of money for X amount of time, yada, yada, so that you have the stability to try things. And stuff like that. That's not a thing that is going to happen in the current world. And it sounds like that's that's what he wants. Or he wants like Valve to be understanding about their situation. And I think it misses the mark. It's the same thing with like I think what he he makes comparisons to, you know, punishing the crime or like punishing certain crime, like drug crimes. Drug crimes are in the U.S. like crazy over. I'm failing, failing to find the right verb. I don't know. Overpunished, whatever, right? And so you have these crazy sentences sometimes for drug possession versus just random other things that will have even less um, sentences than just drug possession, like marijuana possession, whatever. And, you know, the U.S. is dealing with marijuana possession laws right now. Uh, you know, even though federally it's still illegal, you'll have states and they just decide different things, stuff like that. And so you're you're going through... And talking about the the punishments for a 
infraction, I guess. And you can you can talk about that in the <laughs> professional video gaming scene, I guess, too. Or like, oh, is this punishment right? I don't know. But you don't like you don't pardon the people who get arrested for like drug possession, or whatever, because oh well, these people, you know, they're in this disadvantaged situation, yada yada yada. You think you look at the system systematically and you say, hmm, maybe our punishment is too harsh for X because. This punishment is a retribution thing versus, like, dissuading people from doing X crime or, you know, trying to – it's it's a quote-unquote punishment, you know. This is a big thing well, in the U.S., so their prison is, like, punishment versus, you know, uh, dissuading people, basically. You know, there's – that's the balance when you're signing punishments, stuff like that. Sentence. But we do make a we do make a distinction between murder and manslaughter. We do have concepts of like, well, okay, in this situation, you didn't have like you had less of a choice, right? There was there's a lot of emotion involved. You had a reasonable reason to be very upset, and murder is st- like killing someone is still not okay. But we're going to mm-hmm. give you a lesser sentence because of your situation. Like yeah. that's a concept. Yeah, I I'm not sure. I don't think I can agree with the way you describe it. I think I know what you mean, but. I'm I'm kind you, of doing devil's advocate here because I get on, it, like yeah. I, the the actual like to me the actual like start and stop of it is this is a growing industry and you need people to trust that the results and the games are legit. And like this isn't this isn't like it's a punishment, but I don't think the punishment part of it is what matters. Like you're not trying to teach elite wolves a lesson. What you're trying to do is show the community we are not going to allow match fixing. Yeah, exactly. I, I I completely agree, and that's why I think that this uh, sentence—I'm gonna I'll say sentence—is totally fine. Like, hey, zero tolerance. Like, we're not, and this isn't an established like a long, long-storied esports industry. It's like a shaky thing for any game. You know, we'll have they'll have esports industries grow up and and die in you know years time spans. So if you have match fixing, that's gonna make it even worse. You're just like, hell, fuck no, we're not gonna. Like appoint a, a Valve judge to decide when you're granted parole and you can come back to our scene again. They're just gonna be like, "Nope, you're not allowed to play anymore." I think that's fine. Like, it's just to an extent, it's just video games. Like, it's just well, that's that, okay. Like, this big like that's industry. it is. It is story actually industry. this big industry. It is actually tens of millions of dollars a year if not hundreds if you can advertising and sure. stuff and I'm, it is big, tons I of people's careers solid it's not this uh it's not this established solid no thing. one you're not like you're not going into dota because you need a nine to five to pay your bills you're going into yeah. it knowing you're taking a risk yeah. and like i do think it's worth hearing the story of how this happened and i do feel bad for these guys absolutely yeah like, I think but, the Reddit post is – you you should read it if you're interested in that. Situation. Yeah, like, you know like you know, you know, know what I think would be cool? I think you say you're not allowed to compete in Dota anymore, but you're absolutely allowed to be, like, a personality at events or something. I think that mm. would be – and mm. you may – if you don't want to go there with me, that's fine. But I could, I could, like, personally – I could see that. And, like, I don't know that any of the Elite Wolves guys have, have – well, I guess Smash does a lot of streaming, but like I don't know that any of them have gotten themselves out there as this big personality that you need on on commentary panels or anything. Mm-hmm. But like what the signal you want to send is we're not going to allow our game 
to be corrupted or compromised by people match-fixing. But if they're not involved in the game, and they're interesting people who have passion and love and knowledge of Dota, you can still make use of them. You know? You can still, like, I don't know. Maybe that's just, maybe that's me being a little too sympathetic. I don't think they have banned them from doing that. No, they haven't. Yeah, but like I mean, they also guy, haven't you know, offered them, like they also haven't af- offered them any jobs, you know. Which you know, you, you don't have to. I I'm mean, not, Valve, this isn't Valve a charity doesn't thing. do that anymore, though. Only Ti, remember? Yeah, that's true. There isn't even like if this guy went and started a Peruvian tournament organization company, whatever, in Peru, and then like they tried to bid for a major or something, they, like they could get a major and stuff like that. I could certainly see that happening. I think that would be fine. Like. I don't think you have to just say, oh, no, this guy can never be associated with our scene again. I think it's up well, to the community. So to they, have, they have, I believe, a lifetime ban from Valve events. And not, like, I don't think that plan says, I, I guess I haven't seen the ban. I didn't get the impression it just said playing. But it's vague, right? That's true. Well, then it needs to not be vague. I get I I would take it to mean playing, for the most part. Hmm. It, and, I mean... I don't think it means anything if it says it's a lifetime ban from playing at Valve events because then you just won't get hired. It'll be like, you know, an unspoken, like, why would we hire this guy <laughs> type of deal, right? Yeah, I mean, You're just listen, not a, a valuable employee. Okay, so let's back up a sec. We hired Thorin. We hired a guy who has choked players on stage. Well, okay, backstage, <laughs> but at events. We hired Valve, though. Pretty sure. I mean, but it's but it's events that Valve like supports or sponsors they a lot of sanction, these. I don't know. They sanction the minors and majors, and there's a certain level of support, I'm sure. But they don't do, yeah. and even for TI, they don't always do. I, I think they do. Yeah, they do the ta- most of the talent hiring for TI. But, and I think like that's fine. I wanted to like. I know people are going to mention this if if they remember, the origin of the three twenty two meme is from Solo throwing a game for $322, right? Mm-hmm. Like that happened, I think, 2015, something, uh, 2013, no, yeah. And this was, I think it was in Star Ladder, he threw a game for 322, which he never actually got, but anyways. And so he got Star Ladder, said, you know, oh, ban him for the lifetime. And then eventually they reduced it to one year. And I think Join Dota and EMS had banned him and stuff as well. But now Solo, he's still an active player, right? Like he's still in the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean that's fine. Like I, I, I think it's fine if you just have like, oh, this is a year ban, whatever. You can change and commute the sentence later, whatever. Yeah, uh, Ramses or not, not Ramses. Excuse me, Ramses. I'm sorry. <laughs> Weha cheated. Weha was in a in a like a minor league game, and was like doing little like console command cheats to give himself gold during a match <laughs> he's a triple a dota player <laughs> I now about that i think yep i yeah and I, like i think that's fine i don't see it's like oh we have these immoral people coming into our scene how dare they i that's fine i think that's you know that's great if people can progress past that but uh, to put that on valve to have to like track and make a judgment call and whether they're allowed to come back to valve events i mean it's valve utopian sure but i see no reason why they would commit any energy to that 
It's yeah, not I mean, dissuading like, people from coming to their scene by like, oh no, if we accidentally match fix, we could get banned. Let's just not play Dota, guys. Let's go play League. That's not a thing that happens because of an overly harsh, if you you know, ban. If you think of it that way. I mean, you're probably right, but we don't actually know that. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't. I don't know. There's there's a certain point where this breaks down. Like, so one of the problems for me is listen, like one of the one of the things that had me like like clench up while you were while you were talking about this article is like listen i am a socialist right <laughs> um and like it doesn't feel right to me that solo still allowed to play but the members of elite wolves will never be allowed to play again that doesn't feel right sure um it doesn't feel right that that weha is you know like allowed his spotlight and yet like and yet you know smash is is this like you know, like, well, you fucked up. We're never trusting you again. Like, hey, come on. Like, it, there's an inconsistency there that it feels like the draconian part. Like, like, I'm gonna get into this. Is gonna get weird for a sec. I'm sorry. Um, but like, if you look at the the Bill of Rights in the United States. It okay, excludes. I'm, I'm letting you go out on this limb. It excludes cruel and unusual punishment, and the unusual is part because as people we have this idea about not just like something being really mean, but something being like bizarre or disproportionate or inconsistent as a punishment, <laughs> and that's the issue here. I think is not that like it's not not that this guy got a lifetime ban. But, like, that he got a lifetime ban and somebody else got a year for basically the same offense. That doesn't make any sense. That's not fair. Sure. I don't have a problem with it. It's not what? like... So, for... No. It's, let's so, wait. It's not like Valve is being inconsistent. They kind of are. In yes, they, yes, they are. Yes, they are, because they didn't issue a ban to Solo. Like... Yeah. I... 2013, 2017, I mean, that's a, a lifetime for an esports industry, first off. And then also, uh, different events, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fine with it. Like, I don't, th I don't think that they had to do this where it's like, oh, we have to get this trash out of our scene like i of course you know you understand why they did this they're trying to you know just fucking get by of course like you know many of us would do that in the same situation probably but to put the onus on to valve to have like a judicial system for their esport like that's the fucking last thing they would ever do i don't think it's unreasonable to say that Valve, as the people handing out these millions of dollars and dictating the careers of, I don't know, hundreds of people, mm -hmm. that they have an obligation to manage how that money is used and how people are treated within their scene. I don't think that's unfair at all. Sure. I, I agree with that statement generally. But it, I, I don't think that's necessarily a, uh, a negative to this to this band because you're trying to show like hey don't fuck with our scene we're going to try to protect our scene and our people unless you're like a, unless you're like a famous russian player in which case it's fine to fuck with our scene uh, i don't know you'll get a slap on the wrist and then i don't be know back. maybe they maybe they probably should have had some sort of ban or you know punishment 
for for those kind of things. I don't necessarily disagree. Okay, maybe we. Maybe, yeah, maybe I this think is to, to put then. the onus on Valve to do this kind of thing and have like a system for this and like reevaluate. Like, I, I think obviously they can reevaluate letters and stuff like that, especially if this person becomes a valuable member of the Proving Dota 2 community, for instance. Sure, like, you can reevaluate and say, like, hey, this person has obviously seems like they've learned their lesson and, like, seems like they don't have a motivation to do it again and they won't be in that situation to do it again. Maybe then, you know, you can rethink it. You, you know, not just have bans for the sake of bans. It's just, I think I'm totally fine with handing out a lifetime ban. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll never change, but it's like, hey, we have no reason to let you back into this scene. That's mm. what that means. It's yeah, it's like just it the inconsistency that gets me. And like, I don't know. Sure, I can agree. I, you, you, you're talking about like how you don't feel like Valve has any responsibility, but like, I feel like the current system is basically a Dota free market. And as a socialist, I fundamentally think free markets are fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's another um, problem I had with this this. He says something specifically about, like, the gambling and the betting sites and stuff like that. And he says yeah. something about, like, ideally a free market would fix this. But, you know, it hasn't. And Valve hasn't stepped up to the plate. Like, fuck no. Like, the, nothing's going to happen. There's no, absolutely no reason that, like, an unregulated Dota 2 scene would fix that kind of thing for the most part. Like, Valve yeah. eventually, what was it? I can't even remember the site. They, like, kicked off one of the gambling sites for items or whatever from using their Steam API because they had been using their API against the terms of service or whatever for a while. And so that was like a thing they did. So they like did kind of like regulate in that way. And they said, you know, you can't, you can't do this ever again for the most part. So I don't necessarily think it even is just like this, you know, anarchy, anarchic scene, but I don't think the free market is, free market whatever you know it's such an overloaded term it has any is going to tend towards getting rid of this kind of thing yeah i mean i don't i i I, and so i had no idea what he was talking about like what i felt like i felt like he was trying to be like i don't know maybe like sarcastic or snide or something like like a straw man (laughs) like a really weird obvious straw man like oh this free market should have done it but yeah well look the free market can't do anything and I'm just like, okay, what? Like, that's that's a political opinion, sure, whatever. It's another thing, but why are you playing that here? It just made him. Yeah. the The whole article also makes him seem even more than the Artizi one that I've skimmed. It makes him seem like he has no idea what's going on here, and he's just he sees this thing as an outsider, and his ideals tell him this is crazy. You know, I I'm I believe in socialism, and in this case, applying that here, that means X. And then, as a person who knows this scene a little better, I'm like. you're kind of like it's like a non sequitur what you're saying i don't really know what you mean i don't know why you think that should be this yeah i know it's interesting and i hope i hope we get like i mean if nothing else i hope we get more critical writing about uh dota 2 because like it's it's yeah as much as this is like uh an article that i don't think we we totally agree with um this is more thought than I've seen people giving these issues in a while. You know, like you get you get posts on R slash Dota two that are just like, it's really screwed up that this guy can't play, and that's kind of the beginning and end of it. And it's mm-hmm. nice to get a, a little bit more a little bit more investment and thought and research on the topic. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think it's often. smart for Smash to like you know post 
an explanation of what you know fucking went down on Reda. I think that's fine. smart for him from a career perspective if he wants to stay in the the scene, the esports scene, esports zine. He should probably start approving esports zine. Now that I that's think about it, where all the money is. Oh, the so. big magazine. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I think that's that topic exhausted. <laughs> Damn, we talked about that for a while. Yeah. Um. So I we do have two more things. Like there are some. We let's, have let's to talk, talk about a little bit things. more about actual Dota. We'll just like you know ease yeah. us out of this this heavy topic. Uh, for, first off, Frostifus is here. We should we should have put that. You know, we really buried the lead. Should have put that. It's it's end. almost like we buried it because it sucks and. Who fucking cares? Frostivus is upon us. Yes, so there's the Frostivus update, which adds the fucking treasure. We didn't talk about the goddamn tre. It's great. I don't think we need to do a hat cast for this. You can call out specifics no. if you want. I, I like a lot of the sets. There's 18 sets. I like most of them a lot. I have a few problems, as I always do, but this is a pretty good treasure. I'm pretty yeah, I'm impressed. glad you liked it. Viking CM. Pretty pretty great. Viking CM is really good. Really good. Yep. DK looks like PA now because glance value, I guess. I don't know. It looks yeah. very cool though. What yep. rules? Um But the Frost of Us there there's a there's a dark side to Frost of Us. <laughs> Frost of Us dramas? Drama AKA dramatis? most of Frost of Us most is of the dark side. <laughs> um first off, there's the custom game that won the contest, which um it's first like, off it's it's not very good. It's like an old version. I think Uther Party, so like what it was in Warcraft 3. It's like Mario Party, I guess. Minio games, but in Dota. Mm-hmm. I don't... I played it actually before they chose it. Like I was going through and trying to... I was playing different Frostivus games or just whatever winter-themed games I could find. It was it was okay. Like it, I played it for a few minutes and like... You know these mini games aren't actually very fun. They're kind of a little too long, with a little, like a little too shallow for the the length of time each mini game is. But it, like now, it's like you know this. Uh, I think it was Vic Frank's game. This is the Frostivus Festival. It's called with all these mini games. It won the contest. Now it's a queue, <laughs> like it's in the queue menu, mm-hmm. and it's not. It isn't very good to be honest. And I also, don't have any desire to play it. It breaks the rules of the contest. I heard about this somewhat. Yeah, he uses like some third-party assets that he got permission for, but you weren't yeah. supposed to do. Yeah, he he used he used uh, he used third-party assets that yeah, he got he got all the permission for. He disclosed this. He was like, "These are open-source assets that I sp- got permission for anyway." And here's me disclosing them. But the rules say no third-party assets, and there's third-party assets in it. So. Yeah, I, I haven't even seen them. Like, I played probably 15 minutes of this combined with the one queue I did and then the one I did before the the announcement came out. I haven't even seen them. Maybe they're just not looking. I don't know. But it wasn't very good. There were some other more interesting, like <laughs> Skate Master Frostivus, I think. It's probably still up there. Just search for Skate Master. It was interesting. Like, you had these random couriers, except they, like, made custom models and stuff, too. And then you would slip and slide around ice, and there was enemies, and you had to do, like, plat... Not platforming. I don't know. Intricate movements as you were sliding along these different kinds of ice. There were power-ups. You could earn different, like, sled or skaters, I guess. It was interesting. Like, I played 
30 minutes of it maybe trying to you know see what it was all about it was fine it looked like there were some other interesting ones but uh frost of his fist was just a little bit a little bit dull to me mm-hmm. to be honest i think it had the most players and that was one of the things that probably gave it you know more credence at valve's eyes to choose it and it's kind of a vanilla thing you know low barrier to entry mm-hmm. but also i mean like so you know, I'm I'm sort of reading some stuff from from other custom creators, or custom game creators who were part of this contest. Um, but like, the whole contest was a real shit show. We've talked about that repeatedly, about like them not explaining the rules and giving way too little time for the people to make things and having way too small of a payoff for how much effort and how many how many man hours are involved in creating the things. Um. And then, like, there's no second or third place rewards. There's just, like, there's the one winner, and then everybody else doesn't even get a mention. Just, like, thanks for trying. Um, and it seems like they've just, at least at least for the time being, who maybe it'll come back, but they've just kind of killed the passion in the custom game scene with this, like, exhausting rush to make a custom game in time for this contest that's under-rewarding, the rules are unclear, the winner was a not-very-inspired idea that most of the other contest creators don't, or game creators don't seem to respect very much, and then at the end, they don't feel like anyone who didn't win was paid any respect at all, right? There's, like, mm-hmm. having one of these contests and then not having, like, a, and here's a gallery of runner-ups that we really enjoyed or something, it's just, like, it feels like such a afterthought, and it feels pretty disrespectful you know i i agree somewhat so we're referencing a reddit post uh was it how valve completely de- destroyed custom games with a contest from uh arhawk who is a developer of another mm-hmm. game and i'm also referencing some uh, some stuff from about me but okay yeah um i i agree with a, a lot of it i think it's mostly what i said last time we talked about this when we talked about the contest drama and stuff like that but i think I think these guys are going too far too. Like there was a lot of stuff in the Reddit thread about um, just how salty they sounded, and like that—that's a very insensitive thing to say. And I think in reference to certain things, it is. But on the other hand, they are being really salty about some stuff in a way that isn't going to be sympathized with by anybody except for other custom game developers because they're talking about. I mean. Um, our hog says like custom games are over with this and we're like what mm, I, d- I don't know what you mean and she responds obviously meme games will still survive but any attempt at professional game development from real developers won't happen anymore after how unprofessional valve has acted during this competition it sounds really elitist and disrespectful to people who just want to play custom games because there's I- there's a balance between like, oh, it's a, it's just a stupid meme. Oh, Burza meme hov. Memes reborn. Stupid things. You know, low effort. Except they're not really low effort. Like you, some of these are surprisingly polished in their unpolishedness in the way that Dota kind of can be sometimes. And that's fine. Like people enjoy that. I, I, I fucking loved playing Memes Reborn for a while with, you know, some of our friends. Because it's so crazy and stuff. And then to say like, oh, nobody's going to do custom professional game development in Dota. I'm like, why are you doing, why would you do professional, like use Unity or something. Use Game Maker if you want to make an actual game <laughs> game. If you want to use 
the Dota assets or, you know, even other things you want to use their engine and stuff like that for something, sure. Like, you know, Dota's not easy to develop for. These custom games aren't easy to develop. You can do it, and, like, then you have this certain audience for sure. But it's 2017. I don't, I don't buy the, like, oh, they're... I don't buy the extent to which these people are saying, like, oh, they had this custom game scene with all these game developers in here. They are game developers. I don't want to, like, disrespect people. But at the same time, it's a different world than just, like, professional game development to me. It is, but they're not, like... Hmm. So, I mean, like, I've come from... A, I've played a lot of games that have, like, a modding community, right? Mm-hmm. And this is essentially a modding community. Um, this is... In ways, it's in ways it's more extensive. In ways, it's less extensive. I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's not interesting to go into that. But I think the issue is like, I, and the reason I like, I think maybe they could have phrased some of this stuff better. But I don't think they're actually exaggerating or being unfair with this stuff. And like the thing that people like, I, I think one of the things is that they're not painting the full picture. They keep like like thoughtlessly assuming a lot of context. Like, it's not just about the fact that the competition was was unfair, right? And, like, that the, the winning entry was one that people don't really feel deserve to win, right? But also, like, during the course of the contest, they fucked up the contest by breaking custom games. Like, they mm-hmm. started a custom game contest, the deadline was too short, they extended the deadline, the, the pay was too little, the rules weren't clear... And then they started pushing patches that, like, destroyed what you were making. Like, it's it's like it's like painting on canvas, and then the next day, like, oh, canvas doesn't work that way anymore, so your paintings are all fucked up. Like, how are you supposed to work with that? I think it's not about, like, this contest was so unfair, but honestly, custom game creators in Dota 2 have been so misused and mistreated i don't want to say abused because that's too strong a language but like they've been given short end of the stick so many times and it's just kind of built to a point where this is the last straw i don't think is that this contest is so bad that no one will ever involve themselves with them again but it's sort of like every step of the way there's been such disrespect and lack of help given to these people that at a certain point you throw up your hands and say okay then we're done I think it's the last straw for these certain people who are posting about it. I think that's completely valid because it is difficult. Like, I'm going to rehash like basically what I talked about on the episodes before when we talked about this. Like, yeah, I think the way Valve does this, the way they, um, the way they focus their energy on certain parts of the game and then create the custom game like tab and then don't really do much with it a lot of the time and specifically don't make APIs to fix things or like legacy things. They just remove elements from the game immediately. There's no legacy stuff to maintain compatibility, stuff like that. There's no way to load a previous version of the game, which would be hard and stuff, like I've admitted. But I've lost my point. <laughs> but but there's a like community it, that will continue? Like, yeah, there is. It's just these things... That it's the way it is, obviously. It doesn't mean like, oh, Valve don't care about this and they're destroying everything. It's that Valve, yeah, they don't care. And so 
you got to manage your expectations is what it comes down to, I think. Like this, you know, it's a $30,000 contest. It's, you know, it's pocket change for Valve. Like it is pocket change for Valve. They're not going to, it's not unsurprising to me that they didn't explain the rules well. They didn't define the rules well. They're just like, they're basically like, hey, we'll we'll chuck $30,000 your way if you create what we think is the best Frostivist custom game. And it's ridiculously frustrating, I'm sure, to say like, well, what do you mean no third-party assets? Can we, like, get permission like Frostivist Festival did? Can we not use them at all? What can we? What can our game be? Are there any rules for that? How are you judging? Is it based on player count? Do we need to, like, focus more on marketing than the actual game? Are you going to review these? What's what's up? It's incredibly frustrating, obviously. Like, I'm glad they post about this, and it's very, you know, I can be very sympathetic to that. It would suck to have you know all your hard work go like this, but it just means like you got to manage your expectations and don't expect this to be good. Like don't expect this to be a good outlet for your quote unquote craft. I think you know we called it last time. Don't don't put your energy here. This isn't like a good scene for that. Maybe I'm saying the exact same thing they are, but like yeah, and I, I don't I, think, I think that means custom games are destroyed. I think maybe they mean different things. Like, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. Their their language is a bit melodramatic, but I think, I think it is probably true that a lot of the people who were trying hard to make like really original, different content and cut custom games are going to give up on doing so. And like, you can like, I don't know about that. I don't know that every custom game developer who like you know the most I popular didn't ones say every made. <laughs> I mean, like, the major ones. I don't think every major developer tried to make a Frostivist one. It wasn't like, Mm. you know, we've got this scene, and then there's a contest announced, and then people scramble to create something for this. Uh, Then all the major, you know, custom game modders, whatever, scramble to make a different game for the Frostivist Festival. But, like, even if if you didn't, even if you're just, like, let's say... Let's let's take back with my favorite example, right? Let's say the developer of Hardcore Ninja didn't involve himself in this community, or herself, or themselves, whatever, didn't involve themselves in this contest, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're just the developer of Hardcore Ninja and all you want to do is keep Hardcore Ninja running, they completely broke the API twice in a week. Sure, yeah, and that's just like that's not new. I think I don't. I mean, the fact that it keeps I, I, happening is noteworthy. Sure. And but. the way it's been talked about is, and maybe I'm just I'm getting an incomplete picture here, but it happening that close together, that fast, is not a common thing. For it to happen twice in a week is pretty remarkable. It seems like, hmm, or maybe okay. I'm I don't know maybe I'm missing talking about. Um, but like. Every every time Dota patches, almo- like almost every time Dota patches, they have to patch. Mm-hmm. Not you know major patches, right? If you're doing little hot fixes, obviously that doesn't that's usually fine. But like anytime Dota does a balance patch, anytime Dota does a mechanical change to their game, custom game creators have to change their game or their game breaks. Yep. And at a certain point, even if you're not part of this contest, that becomes untenable. Yeah. It, you like and you can. You can be a creator, and you can be on this, and you're like, it's okay. Like, listen, they're, they've announced this custom game contest. Obviously, they have an interest in the custom game scene, and maybe this means they're going to start, like, you know. Okay, here's, here's, here's another way of looking at it, right? Fallout 4. 
when Fallout 4 was announced, I was kind of excited. And part of the reason I was excited was those games are busted as fuck. (laughs) And I was like, this is Fallout 4. This is a new engine. They're making it for like entirely on new systems. They're, they've made so many of these by now, they're finally going to figure it out. This game is going to be less broken than the previous ones because they've had so much experience and so much time and they are showing that they care so much. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the moment they're going to put out the thing that works better. They fucking didn't. And maybe I'm the idiot for thinking that. I think or I think you're maybe, both the idiots here. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, and I think that's the same thing here. Like, I don't, I don't think you're. I think you're, you're hopeful. You're not like dead inside. Is what that means. <laughs> Which maybe makes you an idiot. I don't know. I it's all idiots. I, I, how like, but how let, do you let not me, like? Let me paint myself as less of a Valve fanboy here. I, it's really shitty that they did a lot of the things they did, and especially it's just kind of like seems stupid to not have a Frostivus tab or like put a Frostivus button, and then it's like this nice snowy background and you got your overlay with some of the most popular custom games surrounded a surrounding a larger rectangle of the winner the the frostivus festival right and then you can just Mm -hmm. queue through that instead of having it be you know locked into the actual dota queue menu and then that's great and so you've showed off all these cool like things that the community's created because it's really fucking hard to find these games actually like first off Mm -hmm. the custom game search is kind of broken whenever i try to get you know, if I have a four-stack, a five-stack, whatever, and we're waiting for somebody maybe, then we're like, hey, let's go play a stupid custom game, which I have to, you know, people grumble about when I try to make them do that. And then to try to get them to actually download it, I'm like, okay, search for Skate Master. And then, like, nothing's popping up, nothing's popping Oh, nope, no, there it is. Okay. I'm like, no, put a colon. That's shitty. And then it only really shows, like, the top ten most played, and then it has a random, like, what's new thing, like, highlight section. And then on the right, it has a small, like, maybe ten deep open lobbies section. It's hard to find. So if you do a spotlight of all these cool Frostivus games that people made, because I've played a bunch of them, it's cool. Like, a bunch of them are cool. They've got a more risky concept, I guess, than the Frostivus Festival. Like, they're trying to do new stuff. So it's really shitty and just seems like, oh, what, what are you doing, Valve? You could have made, like, this Frostivus feel feel better. You could have made this atmosphere of Frostivus feel better and mm-hmm. be more cool. And then, hey, maybe people buy more sets by the idea. It's really shitty that they did that. Like, yeah, it sucks. And it's kind of shitty that their contest wasn't well-defined. Yeah, it's it's shitty. But, but at a certain point, hi, it's Valve, they're going to half-ass everything they ever yeah. do. Yeah, like, you have to always think about them as this, when your expectations of Valve are being set, you have to think about them as small game development company. They, In reality, they aren't very small, but, like, they are, in a way, because they, they have, won't they have the assign stupid of ta- us. Uh, boring yeah. tasks that they don't want to do. If they don't want to do, yeah. if they don't want to create a team that works... To like, hey, we have the patch from Icefrog, you know, Icefrog being the game development team. And like, okay, we need to create documentation. We need to create legacy things in here so that custom games don't break. Or we have, you know, change logs and then we explain the new system that you're supposed to use for this. You could have a team who do that. Nobody at Valve is interested in doing that in the end. Maybe it's a good thing we've never gotten Half-Life 3 because it would be fucking bad. Probably. At this point, I don't want Half-Life 3 after Siltbreaker. 
and it's sad. It's yeah. Sad I guess I much. guess that's not even Valve, a new thought for us. But I, I like this. Their their new slow. You know, Valve don't make games anymore. They make money. Yeah. And I, I I really I don't know. I need to I need to learn not to expect anything from them. I don't um, think which you're is wrong. It's a terrible to do thing it. to say. It's a terrible thing yeah, to have to say about them. That way, but yeah. But I think I think it's I know I think it's true. Like it's a bummer to have to yeah. say it, but I think I need to learn that Valve is not going to give a shit and is not going to try. Yep. And like, you know, it'd be a nice to have like a New Year's a New Year's wish that Valve would fucking follow through on anything they ever do, but they're not yep. going to. Instead of just letting it yeah, slowly die. Yeah, I think I prob- I probably came off as way too much against these these custom game creators i think it's just because i'm already dead inside when it comes to valve i've played half-life you know i got the orange box for like the xbox 360 or whatever when i was yep. younger and so like i played through and then like i played through half-life 2 episode 2 and they got to the cliffhanger I'm like oh what what they stopped here and it's been years and years and they haven't continued what what's going on and, here and then you got to watch them slowly and kill team slow... fortress 2 with bad updates <laughs> I, I don't know the history of that but I, I really, not really. I know that's kind of oh. what happened, but yeah. Um, and, I don't and, know specifics. I don't know. This this podcast is long, but it's good. So we're gonna. It, there was a there was a Dota two thread, r slash Dota two thread, uh, titled "Anyone feel Dota 2, Dota is going down the same path as TF 2 Of uh, so here here are the bullet points: cosmetics getting more elaborate and wild content creation getting shifted more and more to the community, rushed updates with no testing at all, not fixing known bugs for long periods of time. Um, and they're, like, missing some parts, right? Like, TF2 became a balanced nightmare. Um, and, like, because of a lack of, like, like, Dota has more moving parts than TF2, right? Um, it's not like it's not like oh no it was so much harder of a job to balance. They didn't try very hard. They would release shit that was just busted. Um, I remember, I remember playing when the Sly update came out, and the Dead Ringer was released. And the Dead oh. Ringer was a replacement for your cloak. And the way it worked was you hit the button for your Dead Ringer and you'd hold up the little watch. And the next time you got hit by any attack, that attack would be reduced in damage by like ninety percent. A fake corpse would drop, and you would instantly turn invisible, and it would consume, like, 25% of your cloak meter. And you could, like, you could, just by, like, rapidly right-clicking, you could just, like, run through gunfire, dropping fake corpses and (laughs) taking almost no damage. It was incredibly busted. And, like, like, Dota hasn't had that. Like, Dota's had some stuff that came out and it was, like, Monkey King at release was, like, ooh, this guy's too strong. But it wasn't like, like, you start the game with four stacks of Jingu Mastery, you lose them when you die, but they come back after. It wasn't, like, obviously insanely busted. We haven't had that kind of hmm. carelessness. So in that way, I don't feel like it's a great analogy, but it does feel like they're being more and more careless with the development of Dota as far as everything but what Icefrog would be involved with. You know? I, I don't know if I know enough about the history of TF2 to talk, but this post it kind of just seems like dead game to me, to be honest. Mm, like, yeah. I, 
bugs not getting fixed and like random shit just getting left by the wayside is nothing new for dota cosmetics getting more like crazy sure and cosmetics being made more and more just it's the community and stuff and then being treated worse like we've talked about before in terms of their pay cut that that does suck i i don't know if it's comparable it sounds it comes off as a dead game post dead to me to me, the main thing is just the like the is the third bullet point is rushed updates with no testing at all. Now, okay, first off, since I just said that with my own tongue, right? No testing at all. That's b- unbelievably presumptuous. I will note you will probably note that when you fired up this update, your Dota two didn't immediately crash, and also your display dis- display drivers were all broken. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. They obviously did some testing. Like if a game has had no testing at all, it doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, it probably will break your computer. Um, but on the other hand, it does feel like they've been a lot more careless lately. It feels like there are a lot more instances of like, like so recently someone discovered that the AA talent to add, what is it, like plus four, 7% to your kill threshold for Ice Blast has just been applied to the base spell. Yep. Like, you just have that talent all the time. And that's just like, if that was a one-off, that's fine, but that shit happens all over the place. We talk about the drow silence and how they fuck that up every single time. It's nothing talk new, about, though. Yeah, they apply to the old silence. But there's feels like there's more of them, and maybe that's just because there's more parts. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But it feels, like, it feels like there is more carelessness happening, and there's less, like, there's less of them double-checking that they actually did the thing they meant to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't disagree, but I don't know if it's anything new or anything that signals dead game to me. Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't like. Listen, the other thing is like dead, dead game is. I have played Sorry. dead games, right? Yeah. Like TF2 is not a dead game. Lots of people play TF2. It's not really for me anymore. But TF2 is not dead, actually. Like dead game is such a is such a and I'm not I'm not yelling at you I'm yelling at the community like dead, dead game is I, such I a useless mean, phrase. Um, you want you want to play a dead game? You play MVC two on the PS three because they literally took that one off the PSN store and you can't buy it. That's a dead game. <laughs> Dota's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Community's gonna bitch and I'm gonna bitch because hey, I've got my podcast. That's what it's <laughs> for, right? Yeah, exactly. I guess hmm. no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna save this last topic for for seventy nine. Yeah, this we had a we had a lot of content, didn't we? We did. It was good. We we came back strong. Yeah. Well, it turns out you release a podcast where you talk about literally nothing for <laughs> an hour and fifteen minutes, and uh, you come back. We come back we had strong. some name recommendations, I believe, for for middle sister. My favorite really? one is is uh, Emis. M S M S. Okay. Well, are you disappointed with me? Maybe a little. Yeah. Here, let me let me pull it. Friend of the show, church says. He just like kissed like a kettle. It's kind of weird. I mean, you know, he's a weird guy. He's he's quite crazy sometimes, but uh Scorpion. 
Hello, Colin. Editing Colin. How are you? That's great. Uh, I Iris. Uh, Iris. MS, uh, yeah, those are the, those are those are the two that we got from. I don't hate so. Iris. I am. I'm still kind of partial to something ending with a vowel. Of, I almost said a valve. I'm kind of partial to things that end with a valve, though. <laughs> Let's, when you let's... get right down to it, everything ends with Valve because they kill everything they touch. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. This has been Bottle Crow Reborn, episode 78. You can find us on various podcasting services. If you check, and it's, you know, it's not like a super tiny one. We're probably there. Um, any rating or reviews would be appreciated. You could also tell a friend. That would be cool. I want to give a big thank you to Reddit user Pomodi for use of his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack, which is our intro and outro here on the show, and you can also find in-game in Dota 2. I also want to give a big thank you to Ashley Ryan, a.k.a. Sfimi, who did the podcast art for this podcast. You can find her work at patreon.com slash Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Time to go publish our, our zine. 